Teirunga te kōti pū, hei raro te kōti hono. Ki kona koutou mihi mai ai, ka mau te hono. Fiti tū a, fiti aro rāni e te rangi, te rangi e tū nei, te papu e takoto nei. Tū ruki, tū ruki, pāneke, pāneke, hō mai te toki, haumi e, hui e, tāi. Mō te mea tūtahi e mihi ana hau ki te atua i te rangi. Koe a te timatanga me te whakamutanga. Koe a te kaihanga anga mea katoa. Koe a te puna o te waiura hoki nō reira. Ka whakatata mai tātou ki te taha o te puna, ka inu a ka mākona. Ko te tuarua e mihi ana hau ki ngā iwi, o Ngāti Whātua, me tainui nā te mea, e noho ana tātou i runga i tō rātou whenua i a rā, i a rā, nō reira e mihi ana ki a rātou. Mō te mea... Tue toro e mihi ana ki a koutou katoa e ngā rangatira, e ngā tapairu ki konei, e mihi ana ki a koutou motu koutou manaakitanga ki a mātou ko tōku whānei, nō reira tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Ko wai a hau, i te tahu o tōku māma ko i ngā rangi te iwi, i te tahu o tōku pāpa ko hiku rangi me motu tau ngā maunga, ko taiki rauki tau mārere me ramarama ngā awa, ko ngā toki matapaurua te waka, ko ngā tihine me ngā puhi oku iwi, ko ngā tī te taroa, te hapū, ko mūtu tau te marae. Ko Sam Hinari tōku ingoa, nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Kia ora, everybody. First of all, I just want to mihi to God as we come and we gather. He is the beginning and the end, the creator of all things. He's also the fountain of life, and if we come to the fountain to drink, he'll provide eternal life for all of us who come together. Secondly, I just want to acknowledge... Uh, the iwi whose land that we, that we live on here in Tamaki Makaurau, uh, Ngāti Whātua, Me Tainui, um, just, a, just a mihi to them, because we are, we are here, we're gathered on their whenua this morning. And lastly, you guys, kia ora. It's lovely to be with you guys. Again, I just want to thank you guys for your manaakitanga to us, your generosity, the way you've looked after us, our family. It's funny actually seeing the Mother's Day being advertised. That was actually our first Sunday last year, <laughs> coming along to St. Org's. Um, and even though that was our first Sunday, we definitely haven't been here for a year of Sundays. I think we've been to about five or six <laughs> before we got put into lockdown. But again, the, the Manaki Tanga that you guys have showed us has been amazing, and we've absolutely loved coming and being a part of this whānau. Um, as for me, my name is Sam Hinari. On the side of my mother, I am English. I was born in the UK. Uh, on the side of my father, I am Māori, and whakapapa to Te Taitoki Rau, uh, namely to Ngāti Hine and Ngāpuhi, but all the other iwi that kind of sit under the Wharetapu Ngāpuhi as well. Um, uh, my beautiful wife's at the back, uh, and my mother-in-law, my beautiful mother-in-law is at the back as well. <laughs> and our kids are actually quiet, so they won't be for too much longer, but they're there as well. So let's look at this verse, Psalm 93. Uh, I've just enjoyed mulling it over the last two weeks. Can we just get the first part of the verse come up? I'm going to be in everyone's way, but that's okay. So I'll repeat it again. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is girded with strength. He has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. So the first thing that we notice when looking through this verse is it's a very uplifting uh, kind of psalm here, a celebratory psalm, celebrating that God is king, celebrating his goodness. Uh, unlike quite a few of the other psalms, which are more smite my enemies. This is very much focused on God's goodness and his kingship. And this psalm was um, 
it's thought that this psalm was used in a, in a festival sense. So maybe once a year, there'd be a festival celebrating the kingship of Yahweh, the kingship of God. And so maybe similar to uh, during Easter time or Christmas time, maybe a, a set few verses might come out that we use in those times particularly. Again, this was one of those times that was celebrated during this festival. However, there's an interesting part in this first one, which is the Lord reigns, or the Lord is king or Yahweh is king. Now, this is an interesting first line because it automatically throws in some translational differences <laughs> for just this first line. So some interpret it like this, the Lord reigns or the Lord is king. Yep, amazing, Yahweh is king. Another translation, which is thought to be a more accurate like word-for-word translation, is Yahweh has become king. Just slightly different, right? Yahweh is king, Yahweh has become king. Now, the reason this is kind of thrown up and kind of talked about in different ways is because if we say Yahweh has become king, does that imply that there is a time when Yahweh was not king? I don't know. No, it doesn't. <laughs> As we go on in that verse, it says, He has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from old. So yes, we're celebrating that Yahweh has become king, that Yahweh has just become king, but we also know that Yahweh has been king from all time. How does that work? Well, us in the West, we have a lot to, to learn from this kind of attention of one thing being one way, one thing being another way, and we've got to hold these two tensions together. Uh, something in the, uh, that is kind of a common theme throughout the Scripture, right? I'm sure we might have heard, the kingdom is here, but the kingdom is not yet here. So is it here? Yeah, it's here, but it's not yet here. <laughs> and it's again, it's a tension that for us in the West, it's a hard tension for us to hold together, but the Bible is full of these kind of tensions. And I don't know, maybe this is another one of those. Um, in Turkey, there's a, a, a Pudako, Paki Waitaro, and a, a, a legend about one of these men, a very wise Turkish man who would travel around, and often he'd come to different villages, and they'd ask him questions, and he'd respond in ways of wisdom to help people. And one time, this man, he comes along to a village, and there's this debate going on in this village. One person having a debate, and they turn to this wise man and say, look, you're very wise. Come and tell us the answer. So the first person puts his idea forward. It's going to be, this is, this is my idea. And the, the man listens and goes, yep, yep, tikka, that's, that's right. And then the other man having the debate goes, but what about this? This is, this, this is what I think. It's completely different from him. This is what I think. And the, the wise man listens and goes, hmm, yep, tikka, that's right. And then the crowd turns to this man and they say, how can this, is this, you're saying this person's right and this person's right. How can that be right? He just goes, yep, tikka, that's right as well. <laughs> and it's the sense of holding these opposite tensions. And maybe that's something here. The reason I'm drawing this out of this particular verse of holding these two tensions is because I'm going to come back to that a, a little bit later at the end, but, but keep that in mind. However, we do know that the verse continues that the Lord has established the world. He's established something good and secure. This is the worldview there. That, that something very strong and unshakable has been established. So let's move on to verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> One second ago, we were talking about the earth being secure and solid. And now, you, now the floods have lifted up. Let's hold this attention again. Yep, God has made something good and solid and secure. The waves are roaring. Okay, is this a tension that we can hold again in what we're looking at? Now, storms to the ancient Jews would have been a very... You know, the sea was a very treacherous thing. A lot of the time, they were not uh, seafaring people, but were kind of a desert-faring people. And so the sea was something that was very treacherous, unpredictable, a massive body of land. Um, so that was the way that they viewed it. 
In Genesis 1, we see this idea of the sea being kind of unpredictable when we're talking about how the Spirit is hovering over the sea, and God divides it and begins to sort out this unpredictability of the seas. Now, another word that can be used when we think of the sea is actually, another translation was actually chaos. Oh, that's a pretty, pretty drastic word that can be used. But the seas were thought of as chaotic, as chaos, unpredictable. No one knew what they were going to do. And we can learn a little bit about the worldview of the people from some of the other cultures that lived close to the people of God in this time. So two of them mainly being uh, the Babylonian and the Canaanite groups. Now the Babylonians, they believed that the sea was a, a, a god, a goddess called Tiamat, and Tiamat was incredibly unpredictable. In fact, Tiamat killed her own, one of her own sons, and this was seen as, well, how could this lady do that? You know, supposed to be mothering and loving towards her children, but this god, this unpredictable god of the sea, has turned and killed her own child. And then under the Canaanite religion as well, we can look at this god called Yam. And Yam was the sea. And Yam was, he didn't follow any tikanga. So if we know the word tikanga, tika, it comes from the word tika, meaning correct and correct way of doing things. And Yam followed absolutely no tikanga. He was, the way he'd approach everyone else was just chaotic. And he ended up overthrowing some of the other gods. And again, just this idea that the sea is incredibly unpredictable. Also, when we look through other parts of the Bible, other parts of the Psalms, the roaring waves can be used to describe other things, not just the sea. But, you know, we hear in other Psalms talking about uh, the enemies of God are roaring like waves. And so there's this other idea that the sea is just is this chaotic thing, unpredictability. So when we're talking about the seas roaring up, we've got this secure, solid world, and God has created this amazing thing. And then we have this chaos and this unpredictability that's going on as well. Now, Etifano, we live in pretty chaotic times, right? We live in times that are chaotic, and unpredictable. I mean, every morning my kids wake up at six o'clock. I don't know what state the house is going to be in. It's chaotic. It's unpredictable. My kids are... Charlie, has, my youngest son, Charlie, has just moved into his own uh, bed. We just moved him from a cot into his bed. I don't know what goes on in that room when we close the door. It could be all kinds of chaos that, that Charlie's going through. But we live in this chaotic world. I was very blessed to, be, uh, to go over to Laos to um, serve with an underground church in Laos. And I remember we were praying in this room. <laughs> what, would, what would happen? When we'd go to visit this church, we'd all be shuffled into a van with tinted windows, driven to this building site where the church was meeting. And the building site was actually, they were using uh, power tools on this building site in order to kind of mask the praying and the worship that was going on in this building site. It was chaotic. What people And I remember we sat there and at one time there was um, an opportunity to pray for the persecution that was going on. And all these people came forward for us to pray for them. I remember just like bawling my eyes. I'm not much of a, a, a crying kind of a person, but I remember just bawling my eyes out as hearing stories of people being kicked out of villages, um, stories of people who had been taken away, arrested for, for following Christ. And I remember crying, but like trying to hide my tears. So I was like, oh, poor white Sam who doesn't have to deal with anything. But you know, there's the sense that there is real chaos going on in our world. And something that we've all lived through recently, obviously being COVID, there's some pretty chaotic times that went on during that, right? You know, for many of us, maybe it was, uh, you know, there was some struggles. I know I, we struggled at, at home. I remember me and Stacey, I think I've shared this before, but every night before we'd go to bed, we'd turn each other and say, I feel like I'm a worse dad than I was and a worse husband than I was the day before as it just, things begin to take a toll on us. But there are other, you know, we found it hard and things like that, but there are other really 
People went through some really terrible times during that lockdown, and some really terrible times. I was looking at a few different studies. One study reported that 57% of people over that time reported some, some type of depression that they were going through, with 10% being a very severe depression as they were going through that. Another study was saying that before the lockdown, 3.5% of people were acknowledging some kind of loneliness in their lives, and that rose to 10.6% during the lockdown. And then for youth, before the lockdown, 6.1% of people were in this, you know, like this strong sense of loneliness. During the lockdown, that rose to 20.8% of our youth feeling lonely. One in five of our youth were, were really struggling with loneliness and depression during that time. A study that Otago did said that 9% of people in New Zealand experienced some, oh, sorry, experienced, reported some form of physical abuse. That includes physical assault, sexual assault, and threats. And that's only that was reported, so we imagine that that figure's probably a bit higher than the 9%. We've been living through some chaotic times. For some people, it has been more chaotic than others. And I imagine for you guys, just to think over the last year or two years, you'd be able to recall some pretty chaotic and unpredictable things that happened for you guys in your homes as well. But this was the world that God sent his one and only son into for us, into this chaotic storm. You know, we think about our lives and the chaos that we've gone through. Jesus was born in a time where people were from the get-go trying to find him and kill him. <laughs> pretty chaotic straight away. And he continues to live through his life, going different places and calming this kind of chaos where he goes. You get the very literal calming that he does, for example, on the sea when he's asleep in the boat and the storm comes up and he, he calms the storm there. And very amazing. Again, it kind of throws back to the psalm a little bit because Yahweh was the only one, God was the only one who could control the sea. And Jesus suddenly does it on the spot. And so, whoa, this throw, whoa. Pointing to Jesus' uh, his godliness, his godness, atuatanga, his godness. <laughs> But he does it in other ways as well, into really personal ways into people's life. I think the story that stands out most for me, one of the most beautiful stories, I think, is in John 4, when Jesus, visitors, uh, Jesus goes to the well and meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And we learn that this Samaritan lady, she is at this well by herself, getting water herself, and Jesus talks to her, and we learn these things about her, that she's had so many husbands before, and the person she's living with at that time is not her husband. Now, I remember growing up, kind of the way I'd read that and think, oh, this lady should get around a little bit. But actually, we've got to stop and look at the cultural perspective of that story and understand something about it, that this lady, she was at the well by herself. First and foremost, she should have been there with her tamariki. She should have been there with her kids. So the fact that she's there by herself probably lets us know that she doesn't have tamariki, so maybe she probably can't. And so in those days, if you were married to someone and you couldn't have kids, discarded. So maybe she should go to someone else, discard. So this lady was not someone who'd get around, but was actually a lady who was under a major form of oppression that was going on. And Jesus' response to her is amazing as she's talking about, she, about this water of life as he's there trying to get a drink from the well. He says, actually, I am the water of life. If you drink from me, you will have everlasting life. And the effect, the profound effect that this has on the Samaritan lady, very powerful. Now, this is all part of this tension that, yes, we live in a world where, where Yahweh is king, God is king, and we have Jesus as he continues, dies on the cross, and ascends to the right hand of the Father to rule and to reign now. And we live in this tension of, yes, Jesus Christ is rule and reigning, but we still live in chaos now. There's still this sense of unpredictability and chaos that we continue to live in. I remember with my auntie, 
my auntie had cancer and we prayed for my auntie that she'd be healed because that's what we do when people get sick. We pray knowing that Jesus Christ is king and he has authority over sickness. And then my auntie passed away because we still live in chaos. Jesus is still king. He is still good. He is still God. But we live in this chaos. But then there's other times when me and Stacey, we lived in Cambodia for a while. And I remember one time looking at my bank account and seeing $2.86 in my bank account. We were still supposed to be there for another month and a half. Now, I've just, I, I, I'm one of those people who, when things like, I wasn't like this before, but for some reason at this time, I just like couldn't really do anything. It's all I could think about was freaking out. And my wife, Stacey, I remember at the time, she goes, Sam, just calm down. If God wants us here, he'll provide. You know, like, I, was just like, I just couldn't take it from her at that point. But if God is good and he wanted us there, he will provide. The next day we looked at our bank account, there was $802.86 in our bank account. $200 given for friends overnight, $500 that the bank account said it was always there. But I remember it so, I wouldn't have freaked out for nothing. But God is king. Jesus is king and he provides into our chaotic situations. Sometimes it will happen. The miracle will happen. Sometimes it won't happen. I can't give you a reason as to why this thing's happened. But all I know is I'm holding the tension that Jesus is king. God is king. I think the most perfect way of explaining it is in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they're in the fire, they're about to go into the flames, and the king questions them, saying, stop it, just give it up, why are you doing this? And they turn to the king and they say, we're going to go into the fire because God will save us. We know that. God will save us. But if he doesn't, it's all for his glory. But God will save us. But if he doesn't, it's for his glory. They're holding this tension of God is king. He will rule, he will reign, he will step in. But still, if he doesn't, how are we responding to this tension? In Te Reo Māori, there's a really beautiful word called tūranga waiwai. I don't know if you know this word. It's made from uh, two separate words. Uh, the word tu, we know the word tu? Etu, stand, tu, we know that word. And the other word waiwai, meaning our, our legs or our feet. So it literally translates as a place where we have to stand. According to the website Te Ara, it says this. It is often translated as a place to stand. Tūranga Waiwai are places where we feel especially empowered and connected. They're our foundation, our place in the world, and our home. Now, when we put our feet solidly on Jesus, he becomes our Tūranga Waiwai. When we have our faith in this king, we know that when we, we'll feel especially empowered through Jesus. He empowers us. He sent his Holy Spirit to be with us and to help us through these chaotic situations. That through Jesus, when we make Jesus our tūranga waiwai, we are connected. Jesus says that anyone who comes to me will see the Father. We are connected through the Father, through Jesus. He's our foundation, our place in the world, and our home. I know that when, when me and Stacey were traveling, visiting different churches, we, we were in completely different cultures, but we felt at home. Because the Jesus who was in that place was the same Jesus that was in us. And through these chaotic situations that we're living in, we know that we can be at peace because we stand on Jesus, our tūranga waiwai. Now, the reason I made the point earlier about Jesus, about Yahweh being king and Yahweh becoming king is because there are times in our lives when we choose not to accept Jesus as king. Not from, I mean, maybe, but often not from an intentional choice that we make, but sometimes we just don't choose to live like that. I know during lockdown... You know, you'd have your really good days where you'd be stuck into your Bible, but you'd have your really bad days and everything would be all over the show and you'd just want to go and sleep in bed. But my challenge to us this morning is, are we choosing to live today, every day, acknowledging that Jesus is king? Is that what we're choosing to 
going to choose for us this morning, for today. For you, is Jesus King for you? As we've walked through this last two years, through this chaotic, this unpredictability, where have you fallen out the other side? Where are you sitting this morning? Are you sitting in acknowledgement knowing that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King, that he's got it under control? Are we sitting somewhere else? That's my challenge to us this morning. And if we're going through these other chaotic situations, um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? For, for me, I feel on the backside of this coming out of lockdown, I just feel so drained all the time still. That, that sense of the, the, the chaos is still, is still there to some degree. But knowing that, Jesus, we can put our trust in Jesus, and coming to the fountain of life this morning, ready to acknowledge and say, Jesus, you will provide peace for us. You've walked into chaos, chaotic situations before, and you've provided peace. It's amazing being a people of whakapapa, right? Because we can look back through our scriptures and see time after time after time where Jesus has stepped into chaotic situations and provided peace for people. Kapai, I'm just going to leave us with that this morning. Kia ora, tēnā koutou